This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske, and we want to hear from you ahead of tomorrow's discussion. We're going to be talking about a new report on the rising cost of rental housing in the city. So if you've been priced out of your neighborhood, we'd like to hear from you. How are you covering an increase in rent? How is this affecting your life? You can leave us a voicemail at 314-516-6397. That's 314-516-6397, and we may use your message on the air. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. And now to the Muni. Five, six, seven, eight. St. Louis's venerable outdoor musical theater announced its 2020 season earlier this week. And yes, this summer you can see Chicago. But there's actually a lot more than that. So joining us to talk about it is the Muni's artistic director and executive producer, Mike Isaacson. Welcome to the show. It's great to be here. What a lead in. (laughs) (laughs) Can't do any better than starting with Chicago. No kidding. (laughs) For those of you listening, what are you most excited about seeing at the Muni this year? And what show would you like to see them bring here in 2021? You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email. Email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. So, Mike Isaacson, you've got some classic shows in the mix this season. Obviously, Chicago. We just heard the overture from yeah. that. But what are some of the other musicals from the golden age that are on this year's bill? Um, you know, that great question. And what's interesting is I would actually, like, Chicago is like a contemporary classic. Yeah. You know, our golden age shows this season would be Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, and probably Sound of Music is sort of what you'd call a sort of from that world. Um, so, and you know, the whole season has this incredible sort of mix and variety to it. But it, it, that's an interesting question because when you say a classic, you have to ask the question these days, classic to whom? What is a classic? Yeah. 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 I yeah, think yeah. I'm dating myself that I yeah. think of Chicago as, oh, this is, you know, the 70s yeah. or early 80s. And well, I think for the boomers, essentially, uh, that era, the Andrew Lloyd Webber stuff, Les Mis, you know, the early, honestly, the Disney, those are the classic. And class, and I think by classic, we mean it's it, it's a part of their life. It's mm-hmm. been a part of their journey growing up, or it's a show that has particular meaning to them. And so, yeah, I think Chicago is a definite classic. And then there's this. So that is a song from the one show on this year's bill that I have to admit I had never heard of. I had to Google it. What is On Your Feet? On Your Feet is a Broadway musical. It was on Broadway for about in 2015, um, played for about two years. An incredibly fun, dynamic evening. And it tells the story of Gloria and Amelia Stefan and their personal life story, how they met, what he discovered in her, how he inspired, how they created that sound that was the Miami sound machine and how it literally became, you know, a a fabric, a music of people's lives. And then her, I don't want to tip away the story, but her personal journey is is particularly interesting because she had to face some real challenges. So it's that and it celebrates all that music. It has all the Miami Sound Machine songs in it. And yeah, and if we succeed, you'll 
be congaing, hopefully. <laughs> so even though I may not be familiar with this show coming in, it sounds like this is one where you're thinking this is going to end up being a crowd favorite. Yeah, you know what I love about the Muni audience is that this, it, it you know, this will be my eighth season. Um, uh, it's an adventure. It's a journey. And if you're going to give us, if you're going to be kind enough to give us seven of your summer nights, we're going to take you on a grand adventure. And so you're going to come in one week and it's going to be this. And you're going to come in the next week and we're going to change all the rules and it's going to be different. And hopefully by the end of that summer, you would have had this really just rich, wonderful experience. And that's for me the goal. So I'm actually going to go to the phone lines here. Um, we've got somebody with some strong feelings about musical theater in St. Louis, okay. which, you know, you and I, I think, should both welcome. And if you're interested in joining the conversation, if you're listening out there, you can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Um, Colin, hi. You're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. How are you doing? Uh, thank you for, for calling in. What are you interested in, in seeing at the Muni? Well, I'm really excited about uh, this coming season, and everything looks good, except for I was wondering why Rent hasn't played at the Muni. Has, has Rent last... never played at the Muni? Rent has yet to play the Muni. Really? Now, why is that, Mike? Well, uh, to be honest, it's a couple of reasons for any show, and this applies to Rent, is when the rights are available for the Muni to do it, mm-hmm. and like there's a national tour of Rent out right now. So we could not do it this next summer. Um, it, it, it comes up very high on the survey, and I feel like it's sort of inevitable. It's sort of been as the seasons come together. Um, it hasn't happened yet, but don't give up hope. I love the show. I think it's extraordinary. And when you talk about a classic, you know, that musical in its day for its audience, it's, it's a landmark. Yeah. yeah. For, for Gen Xers, I feel like that is yeah. the sound of music of, of Absol- our era. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, Colin, do you feel like, um, will that solve your concern if they can just bring rent here, or do you have other yeah, concerns? I, yeah, I totally, yeah, I understand what you're saying. And I was just thinking with Kinky Boots last year, rent would maybe come soon. So I understand that you're trying to get it, and as long as maybe in the future. And I was also wondering, I've lived here 15 years, and I think Seven Brides and Seven Brothers, this will be like the third time it's been playing. So I was just wondering... Why that one as opposed to another one of the classics that have this played so recently? Well, you know what's funny with that? And I say this with great love, Colin. Memory can play funny tricks on you. And the last time the show was done was actually 2011, which would be nine years ago. Oh, whoa. So, oh, okay. So, yeah, no, it, 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 and I understand it, and I'll have people come up and go, didn't we do this two years ago? And, like, it, it, like The Sound of Music, which is so a show that people associate with the Muni, and it's classic in every sense, this is actually our first production in a decade. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I guess sometimes the mind can play tricks. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Colin, thank you for that call. It sounds like yeah, Colin's... Yeah, thank you. I love Thanks, the Colin. Muni. It's a hidden gem in St. Louis. Oh. <laughs> not really, it's not hidden either, but I just... Yeah, what to say. Yeah, <laughs> Well, I moved here from Los Angeles, and so I never thought the theater would be so good. Oh, that's a great compliment. Thank you, Colin. You made my day. (laughs) So, Mike, talking about sort of how you come up with what goes into a given season, um, is there one show where if you know you're going to put that that on the bill that people are just going to go crazy, like this is the Muni show? Um, well, we survey the audience every year. So you know what they want. We, we know what they want, and that sort of serves as both you know, some specific ideas and guidelines. I'd have to say that when we put the survey out, I'm never really surprised by the results. People you know, may not know what they want to see. They're right. just going to go back to that well of chestnuts, maybe. Yeah, but it, it sort of, you know, it sort of shapes out, and then you you sort of you get into sort of some of the questions Colin was raising, like how long it, for the classic classic shows? How long has it been since we've done them? Because we don't want to, you know, do them every three years. Mm-hmm. And then what's available to us? And you put it all together, and then you know, 
you look at it and you go, musically, you don't want one thing. Stylistically, you don't want one thing. I like that there's surprise. It's it's very interesting. I really the, the Muni audience is extraordinary, and I feel at this point is when they come to the theater and the show, they may not know. Like when you talk about on your feet, there's great trust. Mm-hmm. There's great sense. Okay, let's see what this is. And actually, those those are the shows they actually remember most. Mm-hmm. The surprises. Like I never thought this would be like when he was talking about Kinky Boots. Like they went crazy for that show. People last loved time, that. That people loved it. Mm-hmm. And so you know, it, I think that actually really speaks to St. Louis. They're up for the adventure. Have you ever had a show where you have decided to mount it at the Muni, and then after the season was over, you thought, you know what, this just isn't the right show for this venue. Maybe it doesn't make sense to do it outside, or maybe this isn't right for St. Louis audiences. Uh, To be very honest, I've done, what, seven times, uh, about 56 shows there, and I would say that there's one when I finished and I went, that was a mistake. you got to tell me what that is. I'm so not going to do it because... It you're, would be insulting to the artists who did it. Okay. It's out of respect to them, Tell to be honest. Tell us what about but, but, it. But what it was, yeah. was it had a specific idea to it that I supported and I got. It was very early as in as I was there. And when I saw how it played out on stage, it, it just was not as successful as I hope. And mm-hmm. I learned something about a basic level of material and what that audience needs. And what's interesting about that stage is... Um, it's almost like a magnifying glass on the show and more important, the, the architecture of the show and its structure. And you need a certain level of structure for it really to work out. And mostly I'm talking about the book and the story and kind of how the show is, you know, underneath the hood. And there was a show where it just, it was, you, you felt like you were kind of vamping all night. And it, I mean, don't get me wrong, the audience, you know, it, it was fine, but I thought, mm-hmm. okay, that genre just doesn't work here. You knew you wouldn't do yeah. that again. That's yeah. interesting. Now, you've been in the middle of this $100 million capital campaign, and yeah. I, I understand most of the work was done in time for last season, but there's a few changes we're going to see this year? Yeah, it's really... Um, so the, the the capital campaign was based on the following... When we were approaching the 100th, um, you know, we're this icon. I love to use the word venerable, but there was actually... What we've, we found was there was actually a lot of the community that didn't know our story. We get no public funding. We've uh, relied on certain things. And when we looked in the next century to sort of make sure we would be here, we thought we need to take this moment and grab it. So the 100, the, the 100 million is half for capital improvement. Mm-hmm. The first chunk was the stage that everybody saw last summer, which is beyond thrilling. I could talk for six hours about it. It was just magical and world class, which this community deserves. And the other half is you know what everybody needs, which is endowment. What, what's to come this summer that the audience will see is the trees will now return to the stage. Oh. We had one season without the trees. And we'll Are these the same juice. trees? They've no, been, we ha- we've okay. had to grow new ones. And, um, and because the old ones, when we studied, they weren't going to make it anyway. Sure. They, and so now we've got specific spaces for them where they'll last more than 100 years. And that's all been designed beautifully, so it'll happen. And then we have some architectural finishes to sort of the side of the stage that the audience will see. And then we're also moving backstage to sort of, you know, areas that haven't been touched, rehearsal facilities. Uh, we need new dressing rooms and, and things. We sort of move forward that way in terms of construction. But the the primary focus right now in terms of raising the remaining money is all our new education programs and endowment and things like that, too. 
you know, this is, uh, I was really thrilled to hear him say that coming from LA because it's very interesting to me when people come from outside St. Louis and they see the Muni, they just literally can't believe what they're seeing. Mm -hmm. And the fact there's no public funding for this, that's also amazing in a town where so many arts institutions do depend on on that tax funding. Yeah, yeah. So we've actually got another caller. Um, I think we have have time for just one more. Um, Gene calling from St. Louis. Hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi, I'm a Muni fan, and I'm calling about stagecraft at the Muni. My late friend Sarah Lindquist was your master scenic artist for a number of years, and so as a friend and an audience member, I got to interact with the conventional, the more traditional scenic painting stagecraft. And now with your LED screens and, and technology integrated into that, and I'd just like to hear you address how the Muni is continuing to blend those and continuing to draw on those diverse traditions to put on your great productions. Oh, that's a wonderful, uh, wonderful question. You yes, know, thank you, Gene. Yeah. Um, a- again, when you look at photographs from the Muni from the 20s and 30s, what it looks like looks completely different from today. It'll look completely different from 70 years from now. So the moment is exactly what she's addressing is what you're seeing is, and I'm very proud of where we're at the Muni because it's literally state of the art. You're, what we're doing, you're now beginning to see being done on Broadway in many ways, is this integration of... LED technology that is both cinematic and beautiful and warm and incredible light, which works beautifully when you don't have a ceiling and you just have stars. And traditional models of sort of, you know, all our sets are painted. Everything is created here in St. Louis. So mm-hmm. the, the artisan she's talking about, they create it. And it's finding the balance between those two things is where, so all the world feels like one is sort of, but that is the metaphor of both theater and, and the Muni is, when you see a show, you should look, it should appear to you that everybody backstage and on stage had the same idea of creating the same thing for you. I mean, mm-hmm. that is the challenge of any theatrical art form. It is an integration where the individual disappears and it all feels like one. And that's where all the elements are doing now. And our new stage allows us to do that in such incredible ways. Well, this sounds like this is just going to be an amazing season. So Mike Isaacson of the Muni, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It was great to meet you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.